And today's sponsor is Reconciled. Reconciled invoices your clients, pays your bills, and delivers clear and accurate financial reports every month automatically. Ready to streamline your financials and prepare your business for the next big step? Visit Reconciled.com today. Hello and welcome to the How to Exit podcast, where we introduce you to a world of small to medium business acquisitions and mergers. We interview business owners, industry leaders, authors, mentors, and other influencers with the sole intent to share with you what it looks like to buy or sell a business. Let's get rolling. And now a moment for our sponsors. I want to highly recommend you get Acquisition Aficionado Magazine. Every month, Acquisition Aficionado Magazine brings you tactics for business buying and selling you won't find anywhere else. Learn firsthand from industry leaders who share their success stories, featuring in-depth interviews and stories from leading figures in the business acquisition industry. This multi-platform mobile magazine speaks to acquisition entrepreneurs wherever they are in the journey. And I want you to visit acquisitionaficionado.com today. Hello and welcome to the How to Exit Podcast. Today I'm here with David Bateman. He is a deal sourcing expert and been doing this for a little while now. I'm excited. It's a topic that's really dear to my heart, being a marketing and nerd and uh, get events occasionally and finding uh, off-market deals. I think we're going to have a blast today. Thank you for being on the show, David. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Cool. I always start off with the origin story. The ongoing joke is you were born and now you ended up on a show about mergers and acquisitions. Can you fill out the uh, how you ended up on my show? Uh, so let's go. Let's start with the origin story. Oof, how early am I going back? Well, you're young enough to be my damn son, so I can't I'll take you too far back. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. So I'll start with college. I, I went to South University, a small school in Philadelphia, and one with the finance investment banking route. Uh, planning wasn't sure, but I was there. I was playing soccer. I was really there to play soccer. wasn't a big school guy. Um, mm-hmm. Attendance was very poor. I would go onto websites to look up what uh, professors didn't take attendance. Um, never a big school guy. Uh, this year, my my soccer season ended in the fall, and that was about it for me. I said, soccer's done. I'm done. Dropped out with four or five classes left. Uh, I knew, always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I went into entrepreneurship. We started a really cool business. My, my dad's an attorney. Uh, so he got with the first business. It was a recovery company where we used the Fair Credit Billing Act to help senior citizens who were scammed on timeshare fraud get their money back. That oh, was wow. an awesome business. Loved it. And it took us like three, four months to really take off. But once things started moving, they were fantastic. And we got that business to you know, thirty to $60,000 a month in profit. It was it would vary based on the, the leads that were coming in, but the business model was fantastic. Uh, I had a business partner at the time who his, he had family in Italy and uh, his dad had an entire business plan written and all of the connections made to import wine from Italy and Australia. Oh, cool. so I took my top sales guy uh, in the recovery business, made him a manager and ended up flying to Italy to start negotiations with these vineyards. Had that business, I was stoked about it, but a 20-year-old naive entrepreneur that has never been beat up yet. So 
flew up to Italy, started negotiating with Vineyard, struck uh, all the deals that we wanted to, uh, some of them with the deals in Australia. So we didn't actually go to Australia uh, at that point. Flew back and the wine importing business was on its way. But while we were flying back, I watched my bank account freeze and had no idea uh, exactly what was going on. Come back to find the FBI knocking on my door because uh, the salesperson that I put in to, to manage my team was embezzling money from me and my clients. Oh, wow. That business went from zero to 100 back to zero faster than I could blink my eyes. I have no college degree, so I'm back to square one after feeling like I was a cocky 20-year-old that was on top of the world. And just now like it's in there. Do not just throw complete trust into people that you hire off of Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, lesson number one in business. Um, from there, we started the wine importing business. Uh, we had some special licensing for the wine importing business where, you know, the liquor board's really tough in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So we had some special licensing because one of the owners of the vineyards was in Pittsburgh and it allowed him to have a vineyard license. Uh, pretty, pretty cool. We were able to sell directly to restaurants. Mm -hmm. Took a lot of door knocking in restaurants, a lot of wine tasting. Uh, it was really fun. I, I love that, you know, in sales, especially with, you know, with one's fantastic and took us a little while, uh, a lot of anxiety and stress with the other business, but we eventually got the wine business to doing 15 to $20,000 a month, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, 20, 21 years old, 21 at that point, And I was stoked to be headed back in the right direction. That went well for about another year. COVID comes and shuts down every restaurant in the country or in the world, I guess. Yeah. And boom, took a, a lot longer to get to from zero to a hundred, but back zero in the blink of an eye. So I got involved in real estate, met some really cool mentors uh, in the investing space and in real estate sales. So I was selling luxury properties uh, in the suburbs of Philadelphia and not money to, to buy my own investment portfolio. Uh, we had some transaction coordinators. So other than showing the properties, which usually happens after work and on the weekends, I wasn't doing any of the transaction paperwork. So I had all of them in the world and I just wanted to do something new. So I was scrolling on Facebook one day and I saw an advertisement. It was one of those Cole Gordon advertisements that said, Hey, do you want to make $20,000 a month working from, or $20,000, dollars a year uh, home? And I was like, well, yes, I do probably yeah. scammed, but I'm going to click on this advertisement anyway. So I go through some interview process. They said, you know, it was cost six, seven grand to do a sales course, unless we were pre-qualified. Um, young, I was qualified as an appointment setter, not a salesperson. Right. I Me, mean, I got all the time in the world looking to make more money and especially in remote sales. Hopefully I could get involved in something that could show me a new, a new way that I, you know, I can come from the situation. Uh, so I, end up getting a you know they're green lighted to be an appointment setter they said wait 30 days let's see what happens you know we'll find a good fit for you uh we'll be up with with me and you'll have to go through an interview process with them internally was that dan Locke's program it was cole gordon uh cole gordon is dan Locke a similar room yeah he used to do a high ticket sales kind of thing where he'd bring you in and teach you how to sell high ticket stuff on via phone and then he he was placement in companies afterwards and uh, so I was just that was that. Yeah, I've Cole Gordon was the only one I knew at the time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I a ton of them out there now. Right, uh, incredible programs. They're mm -hmm. showing people the the entire sales process, and if you get approved as a either a setter or a closer, 
um, access to this course that breaks down the psychology of sales. It's the uh, incredible program. So I ended up, you know, for 24 hours, I thought I'd be waiting two, three weeks, 24 hours later, I they see an interview and it's in business acquisitions. Now I know startups because mm -hmm. I've been beat up for a couple of years, but I didn't know anything about small business acquisitions. When I thought mergers and acquisitions, I thought Disney buys Marvel, some yeah. massive blue chip company buying another massive or merging with another massive blue chip company. Uh, and then I knew a little bit about investment banking and private equity company for the you know, of classes that I showed up to, but again, didn't know that it was available with, to the, the pop investor or, you know, or financing was a thing. So I get on this interview with, uh, winners of a company called Acquisitionpreneur. And the guy's name was Aaron Aegis, who's now, uh, I'm friends with Aaron Aegis was doing over a hundred million dollars a year. I am like, how the heck did I get on this interview? And <laughs> what is going on? I don't, he's about acquisitions. I have monies to me. Right. I have no idea what any of it means, but I talk about my degree in entrepreneurship and sales. And we just, we hit it off, started working for him the next day at Acquisitionpreneur. Um, in the appointment setting role, I'm just calling people in their CRM saying, Hey, you know, we'd love to see you again. Can we get you back on with one of our closers? We had one closer at the time. It was me. And then the three owners of the business. Mm -hmm. And two weeks after I signed up, they were doing a in-person event in Carlsbad. I said, listen, I have flight vouchers. Let me come out to the event. I'll get coffees. I'll help set up. I will come. I'll learn more about acquisitions, sorry about, about acquisitions, and it'll help me with the setting and, and sales role that I'm in. Uh, so I that flight immediately showed up and it was one of the coolest experiences ever. They had a ton of successful people that have already closed on acquisitions with either little to no money down, talking through each of their successful transactions, which to me was by far the most valuable thing in the world. People to this day ask me, you know, if I want to get into to mergers and acquisitions, what's the number one thing that I should do? Uh, my response is talk to people who have done it. I don't care who they are and how they've done it. Mm -hmm. Every transaction is so different and you'll get pieces of each transaction that you want to use on your own or, or some that, that make it right. possible to work for. So I sat down there again, I was getting coffees uh, for, for the owners and presenters and um, people are talking about these deals and we have an hour and a half for lunch, an hour and a half happy hour afterwards. And then people are hanging out at the, at the resort. And I, you know, Josh Wilson, who was talking about an hundred percent seller finance deal, uh, in non-emergency medical transportation. I don't think it was a hundred percent seller finance. There might've been some hard money in there as well, mm -hmm. but still no money out of pocket. And I sat down with him at lunch and he was talking to how to write messages on biz by sale and biz quest. Then there was another guy that was younger than me, which made me hungry to, to follow this guy's footsteps who did a consulting for equity contract. And he was making over 200 grand a year. Um, anything about marketing, but you know how hungry I was at that time to get back into entrepreneurship. I was trying to learn marketing. Mm -hmm. So I just sat down with these guys throughout the entire weekend. I, I did that with the route that I had to take. Because at that point, after losing both my businesses, I had a 600 credit score, maybe $7,000 to my name, no broker. I'm not passing any pre-qualifications for brokers. So I go back to my hotel room 
on the, the first night of that event. And I think I fired off 20 inquiries or 200 inquiries on uh, biz buy sell come back the next day. I got 30 responses from brokers who wants to sit down with me and work through these. And looking back at how ridiculous that was, right there, they still sat down with me and they were talking me through the buyer packet saying, this is from this business for this, this, and this mm -hmm. looks like a good deal. You might want to ask this question, this question. And then I learned, learned the process of just filling out the NDAs and, and seeing what the business is all about, where it has strength and where it has weaknesses. And well, I, that was the most educational weekend of my life. Um, from there, I went back. And at this point, I'm three weeks into my job and Aaron Aegis is still, you know, he's always giving me so much time and, and value time and, and value in my search for acquisitions made it very clear to him that I wanted to buy my own business. I said, you know, as a salesperson, how much better would I be at a salesperson if I'm also a testimonial and, and a success story? So I end up realizing very quickly, nobody's going to hundred percent seller finance me a deal at I think I was 23 years old at that point. Nobody's going to seller finance me a deal. I tried that for a couple months. I'm like, all right, Kyle Evans was the, the guy who did a, a, a consultancy deal. So let me learn that. He did it with marketing. I barely know anything about marketing. I run some Facebook ads for mm. real, but that's it. Uh, Aegis sat with me on Zoom for two, three hours at a time. He's in Singapore, so it's 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. for me. Mm -hmm. But he was sitting with me, taking me through how to run marketing funnels for blue collar businesses. If they're cosmetic, they need to be on social media. If they're a necessity, they need to be search engine optimization. So he was coaching me through the entire thing. Then he told me to start calling blue collar businesses in my area and any areas that I was interested in and find somebody who is doing well, but doesn't have any marketing. Ideally, you don't even want them to have a website. And from there, I just hit the phones harder than I ever have in my life and struck a deal with somebody. He walked me through everything that they presented me. He said, this is how to go through it. He literally held my hand through everything, for, forever grateful for everything that Aaron did for me. Um, helped me end up closing on 33% of a $1.2 million business because I told them, hey, listen, I can help you with marketing. Give me two to three months. I'll work in your business for free. I'll build your website, I'll build your marketing funnels. Just look at the, the leads that come in and look at the growth. I'll help make relationships with subcontractors if we take on the work, if we don't have the capacity to do the work, but I'll help you scale your business. Give me two to three months. At the end of that three months, we'll sit down and we'll see if it's worth you giving me 33% equity in your business. I went lights out with Aaron's help for two to three months. After two months, actually, we had leads, solid quality leads coming in that that this guy has ever seen and they signed me over 33% of the business. Oh, from, wow. So it, most ridiculous acquisition ever looking back on it, but I had a ton of help and Aaron is one of the top four marketers, I think in the world, best friends with Neil Patel. Um, mm -hmm. It was a massive help for me. Uh, I was able to just take my ownership distributions. The ownership distributions grew from $15,000 a month to $30,000 a month. And I was just saving up. I had, no expenses because I was young and uh, did anything other than rent and uh, save all that money and start dumping it into acquisitions. Uh, we bought a electrical business within that company, a roofing and siding business uh, started to go really well. Uh, so that's how I got uh, involved in acquisitions in the first place, uh, just joining that group. Uh, 
that was my, my no money down creative financing deal. And that opened me up to a world of immediate cash flow. If you know how to work your way around uh, uh, and, and talk seller. So the two things I got out of that was one, it, it is possible. A lot of people are, they try to dispel this myth of zero down, uh, no money down. They have, they're just crusading against it. It is possible. Um, it takes a lot of work. You know, things I see that you did is you found a mentor, right? You found a way that can hold your hand and walk you through it and make sure it gets done. And once you had the win, you basically lost what I refer to as the imposter syndrome, right? You were like, wait a second, I just did this. Let's go do another one, right? You had hunger um, and all this stuff. Um, most people don't pull the trigger because of the fear of what if I don't succeed? And the, the question, question is always is what if you do? Exactly. I win, right? I, I knew, uh, you know, telling me, you know, put you on a three to $5,000 a month retainer. And if they like what they see, then vert to, to equity and build your equity that way. I was so hungry. I was like, I've been working the same that I would be working if they signed me equity, just trying to find a deal. That's how many right. hours I'm putting in. So I've, at that point, I was like, listen, I'll work for free for a couple of months. I know I have uh, my mentor. I knew I had Aaron in a hold in my hand that was going to help me build out marketing, especially for somebody that's never had marketing. I knew I could you know, build a, a marketing funnel that they've never seen before that could really produce results just with Aaron's help. Again, I had a ton of imposter syndrome. So I had anxiety on these sellers. I felt like I was BSing everybody. And um, again, I, I knew I did have Aaron in, in the back of my head. I have help from people that are titans of, of injury when it comes to marketing. So you have to just put your head down. You have to do it. And imposter syndrome is okay. You, you know, to, to feel you have, when it comes to the conversations, you got to believe in yourself. You know, you have to, to convince these people that you can value to them because these businesses, a lot of them, they started up, 15, 25 years ago, uh, whatever it is, mm -hmm. that's their baby signing over, you know, is not the, the easiest thing in the world for them. And the reason you got the equity is you've proved your worth, right? You've shown this, you know, you're on board with in any, I'm going to take a step back here in any business transaction, any type of situation, when you use exchange, it's like you, you exchange something for value to what you perceive as something of greater value. And the other person is the opposite. They think what you're handing them is a greater value than what you what they were giving up. So it's perceived they're trading something for lesser value than greater value. And in this situation, that business owner, uh, it was a roofing company or... Uh, it was a general contracting. General contracting. Uh, remodeling. Yeah, kitchen. To him, having you on board with, you know, landing those type of leads and growing the business was worth way more than 30% ownership of what he would be doing if he never had you on board. And once you can cross that path and show somebody like, look, yeah, 33% is a third of your company. And it's, it, it sounds scary. Um, you've been at this level you're at now. Exactly. Look right. at where your business was two yeah. months ago and look at what we've done in just two months. Imagine what your 66% is going to be worth in a year. Yeah. Um, so medical, I mean, people emotional, so they have to build rapport with you. They have to think everybody's logical. I, nobody in this world is logical, uh, every emotional, and then they justify their emotions with logic. So to bond with these people, you built some type of trust. They wanted to give you a shot. Uh, a lot of that has, you know, iron ambition goes a long way. Uh, tell a compelling story and enroll other people into a vision goes a long way, but then be able to back it up. Like you never kicks in and will overrule that emotion. Like what story you tell her? You know, eventually find out, look at the guy, like we just talked about this on the previous show, look at the guy from WeWork, right? Raised billions of dollars, but eventually they figured out that this is just a story and it's never going to manifest, right? It's a fairy tale. 
if you can't back these things up with logic, eventually the, you know, the, uh, the exit or you were able to do both, right? You, you tell story and then be able to prove that it wasn't fantasy. Yeah. I, I don't wrong. I, Oster syndrome is what I felt when I was telling that story. Oh, oh yeah. Media makes it so easy to, to find mentors, you know, and mm-hmm. it having that, having somebody in your inner that cares about you and that's willing to put in the time to help you. And trust me, there is plenty of people out there. There's a lot of fake gurus out there that are trying to sell you a course, but there is plenty of people, yeah. especially in the MA space that will sit there and, and hold your hand and walk you through those yeah. deals. And I, it a lot, I knew no matter what I was saying and selling them on, yeah. I was going to be able to back up if they gave me the chance. And the group you learned from, they kind of went their own way and did their own thing now, right? Unfortunately, uh, in uh, South Carolina, an owner in San Diego and an owner in Singapore. So they're all big into M&A. They all just separated and in ways doing massive roll-ups and some mm-hmm. really things. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately had to move on from them, but still in touch with, with and he's, he's a good man. I actually flew out to Singapore at the end oh. of the year last year and, and spent some time at his house and with his family. It was a, it was an incredible experience. That was cool. That's that, that's to see somebody on, on all the time and spend hours and hours with them, but to be able to, you know, break them and shake their hand and, you know, if you like wine, share wine with them. I'm in the, you go out there, you hang out with him. Um, now, you know, I know for the audience, what, what do you now? Cause I think you parlayed all this into something really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So funny enough, Singapore was, was one one stop on the uh the entrepreneur guys helped me cr- build everything completely remotely obviously my work with them it was always remote mm-hmm. uh, but the businesses that i was buying it was a marketing and sales role so i was able to work from my laptop and aaron had told me that when he was my age he was a marketing agency and he tried the digital nomad thing where he would just pop around the world and as long as they had wi-fi he could work uh, so I was like, well, I, I want to follow in his footsteps. I want to do the same thing. So I, for 18 months, I started in Central America, South America, Europe, uh, Australia. I did one month Airbnbs in different countries around the world while I was running the, the businesses and, and working with Acquisition Preneur. Um, actually ended up coming in from Asia in Uber of last year. That's when the uh, on the world ended. I was stopped in Scottsdale, Arizona for a month. I had my kitchen and bathroom remodeling partner uh, mm-hmm. hanging out in Scottsdale, playing some golf, working on the business, uh, working on other acquisitions, actually. And um, was just supposed to be there for a month, head back to Philadelphia, where home base was, and then think about where I wanted to travel next and continue moving around. First day I was in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was at a Philadelphia Eagles bar. I met a girl and i have been in scottsdale ever since so the meta girl's part of this they met a partner you know met a girl and now i home base is scottsdale just like that uh yeah that was how i ended up in scottsdale but as far as business uh something you know every position preneur disbanding um courtship and the remote sales space well you know was for me i love to to see the success stories but i'm a pretty self-aware person Mm -hmm. uh have had a success in the mergers and acquisition space, but I'm not somebody who can sit there. I'm not an individual who's had 10 years experience. 10 years ago, I was trying to figure out what high school I was going to. Well, maybe I was middle high school, whatever it was. So I, I knew I didn't have the, with to, to start a mentorship program, nor did I want to. Like you said, 
you, you see a lot of people invest a lot, but you also have to, you have to be an action taker and you have to have the support, right? So it's tough. A lot of people invest in real estate masterminds, acquisition masterminds, but there's a very small percentage of people that take action on those uh, after the uh, weekend or the online course, whatever it is, they get really motivated, but then they fall back into their, whether it's a nine to five job or they're running their business, they, they back into uh, and they don't go out and take action. So I got really good at sourcing off market deals and I was doing it from, you know, calling businesses, texting businesses, emailing businesses, and just from learning so much marketing from Aaron, I, I learned how to do that at scale. And at Acquisitionpreneur, met one of my best friends in the world, also best friends with Aaron, it's Ben Peary. Uh, Peary is a guy out of Sydney. He was running a lot of the operations and deal sourcing side of Acquisitionpreneur. So Ben and I got together. I, I knew I was good at sourcing the off-market deals. Ben also came from a marketing background. He's had a bigger exit when he was 28 years old. Uh, so he was pretty well-equipped. He's acquired plenty of businesses and he also was, was for some off-market deals. So for us, we thought about the entire industry of M&A mentorship and we figured what if there was a next step? Because some people have their inner circles, uh, some people have the, these live events. What if for the people that are educated, whether you know they're their mom and pop investor or you know, the investor looking for a roll up, what if there was a next step to that where instead of coaching them and, and teaching them how to do it, we work with people one on one. We build a team around helping them and holding their hand, walking them through the transaction. Because my thought process was if everybody in this space that was interested in acquisitions got the handholding that I did from like Aaron, anybody can be successful. You have somebody holding you accountable and you have somebody when the, the bump in the road where you don't know what to do, they're going to point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And at, that's what I wanted to do for, for investors. So we started a company called Just Deal Flow. Ironically, we were going to focus on, on flow for all of our clients, whether they were small investors, you know, investors or private equity companies, we wanted to provide deal flow. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we, we grew and, and made connections. We had the network that we have. We had people that are private money lenders, hard money lenders. We have through performance or consulting for equity contracts. I call them performance contracts sometimes mm -hmm. or dependent on your performance. But we had all of these people around the financing side of things. We had uh, to a ton of analysts because Ben also, you know, used to work in VC. So they were going through and analyzing deals to see if they were a good fit. He's also has some, some property background. So we had a ton of people that were, are, were good at and good at reading the, the finance of businesses. Um, so had everything we needed to really help with everything from sourcing off market deals, creatively financing deals, negotiating on those deals, and then doing what we call pre LOI due diligence. So with off market deals, it's a heck of a lot easier than on-market deals. You don't have to deal with a broker. There's no competition. You get to get on with these people and you're talking directly to the seller. You're the first person the, that they're talking to about selling their business. And you can ask away with a, a lot of questions, asking them a ton about their business. Sometimes we'll sign an NDA. Other times we, with the information, then we sign the NDA. Uh, we have 168 data points uh, on that we're pulling from these businesses. So everything from when their business started to is there any litigation that's happened in the past and the capacity that they're operating on who's the ownership owners of the business is it in your wife's name because of you know my tax purposes or are you using it as a shelter for own personal taxes what are the addbacks what sort of marketing are you doing what your social medias look like what's your ff and e what's your real estate so we have 
all these questions and we were able to do that as well. So we wanted to create a, a one-stop shop for people from sourcing them an off-market deal that's right in their buy box in their location, which we do with four or five different avenues that we can talk about as well. And then we, we have our analysts walking them through the entire transaction with everything they need. And it's all in a platform called Moxo. Uh, it's dealflow.moxo.com where every, all of the off-market leads are dropped in there. All of the uh, analysis sheets are dropped in there. We can text, we can video call, we can voice call, and they have access to everybody from the, the analysts, myself, the financiers, uh, we have attorneys in there. Uh, we think that they need, so our, our plan was really to develop a one-stop shop for people once they needed to execute on deals. Okay. And then um, about, uh, look like, I mean, are you guys paid an equity of the businesses you help get acquired? Are you getting paid kind of broker's fees from the businesses you help sell? Um, a coaching consulting program fee or uh, how money? Yeah. So on the buyer side, we charge a, a monthly fee where we can go out and we give you a, a money back guarantee. So prices change based on what sort of how tight your buy box is and what sort of volume you're looking for. So we guarantee you X amount of off market deals exclusive to you in X amount of months, depending on on what you're looking for. So everything's custom. Uh, we guarantee you that or your money back. And then on the seller side, we do charge a, a couple percent, a couple percentage points on the fee for the transaction just to facilitate that. So it's, there's two sides to the business. All right. And then uh, what's it like? Like you know, it says, uh, roll up in chocolate, right? They're doing chocolatiers. And there's a, I guess there's a difference between a chocolate producer and a chocolatier. Somebody designs the flavors and other people just turn it into candy. So you get mixed up on which one's which. But, uh, Came to you with something fairly specific and said, okay, we want to talk to anybody that meets, that does these products in these markets, U.S., uh, a range, you know, between and that, and they gave you a criteria. What would be the timeline before you guys could actually get the phone ringing? I'm imagining you're pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, so it, it's not as quick as you'd think because our deliverable is we don't deliver a lead to a client until we have that full pre-LOI due diligence sheet filled out. Oh, okay. So we see the phones ringing. We're going to get the phones ringing that day. We're going to blast yeah. out. All, we have a cold email campaign. We have data scrapers, in-house data scrapers. They use uh, some AI mm -hmm. to find out how uh, old the business is and how long it's been around, if they're likely to sell. Uh, so from there, we blast out an email campaign, an SMS campaign, which is by far my favorite. You tell them exactly what you want, and they're going to read it and respond if they're in that buy box. Mm -hmm. SMS campaigns are huge for us. Uh, and then we do ringless voicemail campaigns which are, can be a pain in the butt because people see a missed call, they're calling back regardless, but uh, that's what we have virtual assistance for. Uh, and then we also do some social media marketing stuff. Uh, but to phones ringing, we're, we're that instantly. Uh, but we have through all of the, the questions and we have to verify them with financial statements. So the seller signed an NDA with us and then we're pulling their financial statements for the past three years and then we deliver that to the client. So we always say, give us at least 10 days of our ramp up period before you see the first lead. 10 days is, you know, in the name of things to find your, an off market business that's in your, you sign up for four deals and we're dropping them to you in that first day. Mm -hmm. What works best? Do you think the uh, text message works best? Absolutely. Yeah. Expensive with the volume that we run it at, but it's by far the, the best response rate, not, not the best response rate, the best quality response rate. And we like to yeah. pull on the heartstrings a bit with the language that we use. And as far as the response rate, I would say, and the, the speed SMS, 
Uh, we also run bulk uh, mail outreach across the United States just to bring in deals across anybody's buy box, doesn't matter what they are. And that's a, a longer process, but we have probably four to five sellers across any industries that are coming in a day with appointments with our analysts. So that's another great one, but that's less targeted. And then as yeah. we filter through them and see whose buy box they fit for our clients, we then dish them out to, to the current clients that we have. And today's sponsor is Reconciled. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner thinking about your exit strategy? Or maybe you've just landed a business through acquisition and the books just aren't the way you need them to be. Let me tell you about Reconciled, your dedicated partner for industry-leading virtual bookkeeping and accounting services. Reconciled pairs you with skilled professionals who empower you to grow your business and prepare for success, whether that's your exit or taking that new acquisition to top performance. Imagine having high-level financial management without expanding your team. From bookkeeping to CFO services, tax advisory, and even fully outsourced accounting, Reconciled has got you covered. They help you make the best business decisions, keeping your end goal in mind. And the best part? Reconciled understands acquisitions as they have acquired three accounting firms in the past three years, and their founder, Michael Lee, mentors others in searching for acquisition, raising capital, or trying to aggressively scale. Reconcile invoices your clients, pays your bills, and delivers clear and accurate financial reports every month automatically. Ready to streamline your financials and prepare your business for the next big step? Visit Reconcile.com today and let them get your books in order. Reconciled, making bookkeeping a breeze. That's Reconcile.com. So yes, we target private equity groups and family offices, cold email, and uh, a lot of social media marketing is where we pull the buyers mm -hmm. from. But yeah, I mean, we work with private equity groups. I haven't ever had anybody come to me about veterans or, or veterinary services, which is interesting that you say that. But I've, we have a private equity group that we're working on a healthcare roll-up or yep. roll-up is, is a big one that uh, uh, one of our number one clients is working on a roofing roll-up across the United States. And then we have a, a SaaS one. And SaaS is tougher. They're highly sought yeah. after as well. So we make that very clear. If you have a buy box that's going to be tough to pull in, we're going to set realistic expectations. I would say I have two. I've interviewed two people this week that have raised considerable funds. One of them has already acquired over a dozen SaaS companies. The other one has raised, raised considerable funds. Have They're expecting to close their first transaction in the next 30 days and they want to close. they're raising enough money and they're they've got experience in this space they're looking at acquiring one SaaS per month you know going into the future uh they've got a hell of a team to do so uh but now i've interviewed at least i want to say two or three like investment banker types and two business brokers who have been tasked by private equity to hunt down veterinarian services and pet and ancillary services around them it's because anytime there's uncertainty in the market people shift their things into think like we're going to take care of our pets whether the market's good or bad you're going to take care of your health care if you if you want to live you can get your health care whether the market's good or bad absolutely right? everybody wants the recession proof business yeah. there's a lot of them in the right. you know everybody wants the government contracts as well the the necessity blue collar businesses you know people want want the recession proof businesses and the the good news is is whether it's home services health care or mm -hmm. you know veterinary services there are a ton of them so many so many businesses that are necessities that are out there and they're easy to get their hands on that's why for me I, my first business was kitchen and bathroom remodeling you know everybody was talking about what's going to happen with the market uh at that time i was like damn you know these this is doing really well we're doing social media ads people see a beautiful kitchen and they want to spend uh, you know 120 grand to blow out their kitchen and redo it 
the market's great right now though. So when that market turns, people aren't going to be looking at beautiful kitchens saying, you know, what, what can I do next? So that's when we went to Michael Byers, actually one of the, uh, one of the acquisition owners, he's the one that really pushed me in that direction. Go electrical, go HVAC, go, you know, roof when things go south that you need, that's, that's fixing your roof, whether you're broke or not broke, the insurance company is going to cover that fix because uh, a lot of people don't understand that a small leak in a roof will destroy the entire structure over a couple of years, right? The, the water will do damage. It runs down, rots wood, uh, any, I own a pet. One of the many things I own, I own a pest control of all weird things in Oklahoma, um, bites bugs. If you want to figure out, you know, if you see house, first thing you want to do is figure out where this water source is because you have moisture because they actually go back down on the ground and look for moisture. So there's usually a, a, a slight plumbing leak or a slight, there's moisture coming in from somewhere, right? And a lot of a lot of bugs are like answer answer the same thing. You're not gonna, you know, that's a lot of people I always find like we lived in Oklahoma. Like, why do I find scorpions in my bathroom in the sink and in the in, in the shower? Because they're looking for water in your house. They came in to get out of the, you know, the blistering heat that gets 110 there with humidity. Um, not hot and humid. Um, they eat and then all of a sudden now they've got to hunt for water, yep. right? So uh understand. Roofing's kind of recession resistant because <coughs> they deteriorate over time. So they, you know, they're, they're, they're not, there's no such thing as a permanent roof. Metal roofs will last longer than most, but I don't think there's any such thing as a lifetime, never going to be replaced roof. Um, you know, like even those Spanish tiles that are two and a half inches thick, they eventually break and deteriorate in the sun. The sun destroys everything and they need to be replaced. So uh, leave it undone. I mean, not, not if you want to keep the house. Yeah, right. absolutely. No, they're they're highly sought. We're looking at, at, I mean, the perks of of having the the deal sourcing business is we do mass outreach. So if we have a business that comes in that's hot, that's in nobody's buy box, it doesn't suit any yeah. of our clients. If it fits our buy box, we're going to pull the trigger on it. So we're looking at a roofing business right now down in Miami that we we love the looks of. Um, six months, which gives us a lot, a lot of time right now. We're working on a. a acquired our business that should close this week uh but we're, we're pumped about the business it's they're they're a hot it's a hot uh too and it's it's either run marketing for them and scale the businesses up so works yeah it's basically roofing's uh really good guys and uh affordable let's say cheap labor because you can get really really bad roofs with cheap labor but you know trade craftsmen that are decently priced and really great <laughs> door-to-door sales guy because you know and you got to be able to chase a few storms Absolutely. right you know I met a marketing, we were doing a marketing roll up. I met a marketing agency, a lady who ran a marketing agency. She ended up not wanting to sell because she built a lifestyle business and was funding a charity that she'd always wanted to fund from her business. But her whole job was she only took on market, uh, proof, roofing, right? Story why he's over there gagging on his. <laughs> I, I can mute my mic when I'm done. He just had to mute his. Take a drink, calm down, you'll be all right. But um, she was, as a, as a market, she was up in the multi million dollars worth of revenue. Only focusing on uh, roofing. One of the things she did is she could take a roofing company. She had examples of it. We're taking a roofing company that was doing, like they had the team, had the trucks, they had the equipment. Maybe they're doing revenue-wise four or $500,000 a year. They're doing okay in the local market. And she could take, like, are you willing to go with three states of you? Like, cool. And she would do storm mapping. She would actually track health storms and different stuff and market to people in those areas and turn these companies into from hundreds of thousands of dollars to be in six, seven, eight, nine million dollar companies in less than 18 months flat if there was a good storm that came through. And uh, is incredible due to these people are beating down her door. So, yeah, no, I was something that I saw for the first time 
when we got the uh, roofing and siding business, mm-hmm. it was just around a time that uh, social media marketing, the in-person marketing yep. is, it was a whole other level seeing those storms. Come through. Right. So for the first time in my life, uh, I saw tornadoes in person in the Philadelphia suburbs. Uh, I think it was like, and that they came through and just wiped out some of the towns around here. Dealerships, people were killed in, in towns of Mm-hmm. over and the next day there i came out i was i was staying at my i outside there was trucks everywhere of people ready ready roofers ready for you to fill out the insurance claims oh yeah it, canvassing they go door to door like you know they they call it canvassing they go to door to door and say hey i'll get up there right now and tell you not whether or not your roof needs to repair repaired and they do a detailed report you know a lot of these guys you know this you're in the roofing business a lot of these guys are so good with the insurance companies they'll get up there they'll meet the adjuster there and say no look here this is this is this gotta be what done. they're doing and yeah. within, yeah. I, I saw them there one day mm-hmm. within a couple days there was probably 40 50 houses in this neighborhood that had the the company sign outside, they were about to start doing work. It was unbelievable. I'm like, well, I don't know why I think of that. And I'm good at, good at social media marketing, but I would ne- never have thought storms that way. So now they need media meteorologist type of soft tracks where storms are about to pop up, like, like a storm chaser. You know, she, she's running like the storm chasers, like, okay, this storm has the potential of producing hell. She starts loading up her ads for that, like doing her, um, when they've seen ads, you know, if you're in the marketing NBA, she sets her geofencing up and gets everything ready because if it, you know, sometimes it hells and sometimes it don't. But the second hell starts hitting, it's over a quarter size, like, okay. We're going to send a, you know, a canvassing there. They don't even send the trucks necessarily until the canvassing team goes out there and, and wins so many bids, but they had it down to a system. You know, you are a company and she, if she accepted you on as a client, she just wrote your magic ticket. Yep. Right. And there's guys out there with roofing and that's, that's not no other one I can think of. Right. I, I grew up son, right. You know, you can't do that in the business. I grew up, you know, I, my, on my dad's side, all my uh, uncles and cousins were in heat and air, right. In Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You know, storms never to heat and air system, right? They get, they do good business because it's hot and humid there. You don't want to be in Oklahoma with that one either, right? But I remember to this day, I remember the first time my wife ever came out to visit me in Oklahoma. It was in August. She comes out of the the uh, girlfriend time. She comes out of the airport and the big sliding doors open up, right? And she mm-hmm. stepped into you could feel it. It's like stepping into a humidifier. And she just, you could just feel walking into this like oven with humidity. And she almost started crying. She almost had tears in her face. She's like, you really live here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, sweating no. already and I haven't been outside in 30 seconds. Like, you know, yep. Sophie said that because I mean, obviously I'm in Philadelphia now. Yep. I live in Scottsdale six o'clock this morning. I have to, we, and my, my girlfriend and I, we talk about where, where we want to live because she's from this area. All of our families are out here. You know, yep. we love, we love, I picked her up. We, we've been in 110 degree weather. Granted, you know, it's yep. lots of humidity. I picked her up at six o'clock this morning at the airport. And that was the first damn thing she said to me when she got out of the car or when she got into the car, she was like, I, I walked out of the airplane door into the tunnel, whatever the yeah. heck it's called. And she was like, I wasn't even outside yet. And I could already get, I was already getting hit with a wave of humidity. She was like, I'm not, I can't do, I can't it's come back. It's a huge difference. It's a huge, I like, I've been to Arizona, I've been down there quite a bit. I've been to, you know, Texas, Texas, mid-Texas. Southern, you get the humidity from the ocean. Mid-Texas is pretty dry. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to them and all the lakes cause the humidity to go up. But, you know, when we talk Oklahoma weather or, or you know, Philadelphia, in a way, you're talking 90 degrees with 75, 80% humidity. Like, exactly condensation's on your windows. Like, you're like, you know, it's like into a sauna, like a steam room. 
And people don't get that. Like my wife, it took a while for her to get used to it there. We lived there for 14, almost 15 years before we moved back here. We only moved back to California in uh, June of last year. So the fun thing is now I walk outside and my buddy's like, it's 105 miserable here. I'm like, well, I just put my hoodie because it's 8 o'clock. It was, it was 85 yesterday, but by 8 o'clock at night, I was still out in the shop. I had to put a hoodie on because it was getting cold. It's kind of desert here. I like I remember going through the desert and at night in the mornings, it's really cold. And if it gets hot, it's only hot for the peak hours of the day. Like in the desert, once the sun goes down, man, that nothing holds it, retains the heat. So you can get, you can go from, you know, 110, 110 to, you know, 55 on, on certain times of the year regularly. Yeah. You know? I love that. That's yeah. my favorite time of the year. In in the middle of the summer, I, I was hoping for, that's my first summer in Arizona. It yeah. Was, 18 degrees, the sun would go down and I'd be like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Or hopefully yeah. it back down to 80. No, it's two o'clock in the morning and I would look at my phone. It's still 105 degrees outside somehow. Yeah. But uh, luckily that's over now. I looked at the forecast, two week forecast today and mm-hmm. looks like we're finally getting back into the two digits. So I'm stoked about that. Okay. So let's go back to deal sourcing and stuff for the guys who they're they're kind of going that they can't afford what you guys do yet. Let's give people some indication of what it looks like. Uh, where would somebody start if they wanted to source off market deals? I spoke on the topic. You actually do this as a profession. I think between the two of us, we can get some of these guys that are maybe they are they're pre qualified for SBA loans. They're just I, I I meet people all the time that have been search funders for two or three years and they haven't sourced a deal yet. They haven't got an LOI signed yet. Um, just way for them to like start really evaluating deals. Fastest way, I would say start calling people. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just calling. The most efficient way that's not the fastest way is social media, without mm-hmm. a doubt. And I, it's it's really, really do this. Um, mm-hmm. But what you should do is find the location, the industry that you're looking to buy a business in. You know, say it's Sophia Roofing Businesses. Record a video. Hey, my name's David Bateman. I'm an investor in the roofing industry. And I'm looking to buy a business. If you're a business owner uh, that owns and you're looking to sell in the next three, six to 12 months, give me a call so we can talk numbers. That's it. Record a video of yourself saying that. Go on to Facebook, target roofing business owners and drop the circle right where you want it and run it for $5 a day. And if it might not happen immediately, and that's why we still run these with Just Deal Flow. But again, we, we need results for our clients. So we, we run them in random locations with random industries just to have the pipeline full. But for individuals that are okay with waiting, uh, you know, week, weeks to, for these messages to come in, make it a messenger ad and have people reach out to you. You're going to be, you're targeting business owners in that area. So you're going to get plenty. And if you're open to multiple industries, it's even easier. Type in all of the industries as keywords in, in that ad search. And then the other thing is, you know, everybody's got a network of friends and family. You might not have a ton of business owners in your personal network. You might not have a ton of high net worth individuals in your network, but other people around you do. Yeah. So tell people, make posts about what you're looking for. Hey, I'm an investor. This is the industry location and size of business that I'm looking for. And, and, you know, bring some value to the table. This is why I'm looking for it. This is, this is what I do with my business. Yeah. Definitely toot your own horn a little bit. No, don't be cocky, but be confident make that post and reach out to the the closest people in your sphere of influence and ask them to share it just politely i say hey i'm really looking to acquire a business i could use your help ask them to share it and have you know you'll be surprised how many people reach out and say oh i know this guy that owned a roofing business and he's looking to retire and you'll get messages that way and then the last way that i think is the most obvious way is 
go on to Facebook and search mergers and acquisitions and join every business for sale group you can possibly find mm-hmm. and just keep an eye on them and then and post every once in a while. Don't be afraid to be annoying. And if being annoying on a couple Facebook groups is going to give you the livelihood and, and the cash flow that you need, be annoying. So post in there as much as you can about, about the deals that you're looking for. Don't get blocked for spam, but post in there and make it known what you're looking for. And and we uh, the other day, use LinkedIn. Look up the type of industries that you're looking for and start firing off some messages. It's it's going to be near that way. That, that's the most affordable, best way to source deals. And if you're good on the phone, learn to cold call. It's the most annoying thing in the world, but you'll be surprised how many people pick up the phone and are, are, are looking to sell. You know, I, I seen somebody do this the other day and that, that video idea you had there. And what they think they did, I'm not positive, is they think they made like six tracks of it, right? And they picked the favorite, the, the top six names, Mark, John, you know, um, Henry. They probably recorded 15, but basically they're like for roofing. They're like, hey, Henry, I just want to send you a personal note here. And there's a video of them. They, they're sending a link to a video embedded inside of LinkedIn. It's like, hey, Henry, uh, you know, I'm an investor in the roofing space. I'm looking to buy X, Y, and Z. Just wanted to send you a message here. You know, roofing's bad because there's not a lot of roofers that are on LinkedIn, but they actually personalize it. If you think about it, like what are the top, like I'm looking for, you could do this at a Google search. So I'm looking for business owners who've been in business for 10 or more years, blah, blah, blah. You can almost figure out what the age demographic of that is. They're probably between the ages of 55 and 75, right? And then Google, instead of the most common names for people currently uh, between the ages of 55 and, and, and 75, now you've got a personal, you, you, you record, you pick the top 10, right? Now you've got, you know, let's say, you know, hey, David, very right. I, I bet I could send a thousand, right now I could find a thousand marketing agencies that CEOs named David. Right on LinkedIn, right? And I go, hey David, I'm looking to buy marketing agencies. What I'm specifically looking for is, you know, company been around for five years or more, have an EBITDA of this number. That fits you, and you might consider selling, man. Let's here's a link. I'm going to send you a link real quick to do a calendarly call. Let's start off with 20 minutes, uh, and you know, got 20 minutes chat about this. We can go for you know just whatever work for you, right? I can report somebody in 15 to 20 minutes and figure out they're serious or not, and then schedule a second call. Now on my calendar, on their calendar, it puts 20 minutes. On my calendar, I book it for an hour because I know I tend to like keep them on the phone here. And we, we and if they don't book anything back to back, we'll continue talking, right? A thousand messages, you're gonna get responses. Oh, it does. But I guarantee you, right now, if I looked, if I went to my sales navigator, that's a tool you can use on LinkedIn. I could find a thousand CEOs of of you know small to mid marketing agencies with the owner's name David. I can think of six off the top of my head. Absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. And the sad part is, is people would rather go. Over and over again, they'd rather go to biz by sell and get told they don't qualify by brokers than just firing off that many messages on social media. Yeah, uh, but it, it's it's worth. You're gonna get you're gonna get on the phone with these with these sellers. It's definitely that. And another great great one is that we use in our business sometimes is Google My Business data. You can pull all sorts of phone numbers, email addresses, address industries on Google My Business data because they have everybody registers with. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we use as well. We're getting, let's throw some nuggets out there for people that are like trying to look. If you're looking for, here's a good example, pest control companies, probably roofing companies. Roofing is a little more sophisticated now because it's very competitive space. Um, those type of things. They're probably not on LinkedIn, may or may not even have a website. But uh, if you're looking for someone who's ready to retire out of that, 
uh, I still like the yellow. I, I call it my lead generation book. I'll grab a yellow pages, open the door, open it to like pest control. And it tells you right on been in business for 25 years. Like, okay, Absolutely. let's call them, you know. You, yeah. And so many of these guys are such yep. hard workers. They're 65, 60, 70 years old. And they're such mm-hmm. hard workers. All they know is work. And they're they're still in the field with, with their company, not working from home. They just don't feel mm-hmm. like contacting a broker and going through the process with a broker to, to actually list their business for sale. But if you don't think they're sitting there fixing somebody's roof, thinking about retirement, then you, you're crazy because they are sitting there thinking about, geez, I'm getting too old for this. When is the right time for me to sell? And if you're picking up the phone and yeah. you can convince them to have a conversation with you and why you're the right person to buy it, it's going to go well for you. Yeah, it'll work. It's one, the yellow page is one. A lot of people don't know you can buy a list. Or you can actually uh, get them for free if you here in the U.S. If you are any uh, a member of any county library system, um, what used to be Reference USA and a lot of these old library systems still call it Reference USA. It's Data Axel now. You can go in there and pull a list of two hundred uh, at a time. Business owners buy zip codes, so you can actually go. Okay, I'm looking for roofing companies and these five zip codes. Give me a list of everyone in Data Axle. I'll have all that data, and you can download it in a spreadsheet and start cold calling them. So you have to pay for the things you'll still have to pay for is if you want their email address or something. But if you put a little legwork in or have a VA do it, if you had your list of names and phone numbers, you can pay somebody to go look at the uh, Google My Data and go look at you know websites and find the email addresses. You can scrape those. Yeah, too. and even if you don't want a VA, how long does it take to write an email and copy and paste it to 200 email addresses? Like, Put in a half right. hour of work and you're going to have, you're, again, the responses are going to come in. But yeah, I mean, it's it's all about taking action. And some people, they, you know, they, they need to be held accountable. But I don't think they, a lot of people realize how easy it is to just, you know, put it in your calendar, put, put time aside, whether it's an hour a week or an hour a day, put time aside. I'm going to send yeah. this many emails, this many Facebook messages, this many, make this many calls, this many texts and put some time in your calendar and force yourself to do it because, you know, you're going to, the acquisition is, you know, it's at your fingertips if you're able to do that. That's the most important name, the important thing in the game. A lot of people also will go, well, I don't know what to say. Like, you're not going to know what to say the first time. I used to do it. Here's one for you. If you ever train in anybody, my favorite thing to do, I call it my European training model. So the European training model is I, I pull a list of people cold call and then I'll call the first two or three and let people, like they're all sitting around a boardroom. Right. And I usually do it from a cell phone because it's pretty easy to move that around. And I'll do the calls like, hey, I'm Ronald Skelton. I'm looking to do this and stuff. We have a call probably five or six minutes. It's a no. Cool. I call the next guy. All right. And then I do about two or three. I get kind of people comfortable. I see the room like, okay, I'm getting this now. And then I dial the next number and I slide it up and I go, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> I just slide the phone to the next guy. The phone's ringing. Right. And I just like, they hear it ringing on speaker. And my European model is, uh, you're yep. up. Right. I, I just handed the phone to him. like, you're up. You're up. And I don't know what to say. I don't, say, I don't care. I order a pizza. You know, they'll never know who they won't. They won't remember you. Just say something. Talk to them. Build rapport. Like you heard what I said. Exactly. Try that. We used to do this in real estate all the time. We do the European training model. And you know, the people that were in there absolutely. Were- and the first time you pick up that phone, I mean, if you can pick up the phone when you're thrown on the spot like that and do well, you should be a, a number one salesperson in some sort of industry. But like, if you're like me, if somebody throws you the phone like that. You're going to panic. They're going to ask you questions. You're not even going to know what to say. You're going to sound like an absolute idiot. But the only way to learn how to answer those questions and objections, if, if you want, is, is just to get on the phone and start doing it. And the more you do it, the more confident you're going to get. And it, you're going to be able to acquire them. And for me, it was talk about imposter syndrome. I felt like I had imposter syndrome, but you know, make, make the relationships and, and make the mentors to, to help you out with that as well, because they can review your calls 
and sit there and tell you in, in, in the right direction. We call this a show. Let's make sure people know how, how do they contact you, David? If, if somebody wants to work with you, if they like, hey, we're going we, we're doing a roll up. We want to acquire ten companies in the next two years. That would be a great lead. Like, how do people reach out to you? I'm and an open book. I, I will. If you want to email me and set up a video call, we can absolutely do that. My email address is Dave at justdealflow.com. Very simple one. And then again, like I said, I'm an open book. If you want to text me or give me a call, probably will not answer any calls. I have 500 spam calls a, a day. But if you shoot me a text, I will absolutely answer you and, and give you a call back. My number is 215-847-5270. That's my personal cell. So give me a shout and we can talk. There you go. We'll reach out to David if you're uh, if you're trying to get some deal going. I I, I we had this conversation before, and I've, I've, I'll promise you, I've had at least a dozen people try to get on my show to say they can source deals, but nobody's had the merit like you did. And, and, and so after talking to you the first time, like, I really think these guys can get it done. So thank you for being thank here today. Man. Thank you for sharing the, the content you shared, and we'll call Absolutely. that a show. Thank you so much for having me, Ronald. I appreciate it. And uh, no, it's been fun. Awesome. All right. That's the show, guys. I want to announce our new channel partners, the ITX Marketplace. Since 1998, ITX has created $5 billion in value by selling more than 225 IT businesses in 20 countries. ITX works exclusively with IT-enabled businesses generating between $5 million and $30 million who are ready to be sold and M&A decision makers who are ready to buy. For over 25 years, ITX has developed industry knowledge that helps determine whether a seller is a good fit for their buyers before making the match. ITX Mergers and Acquisition Marketplace, we have partnered with, has a proprietary database of 50,000 plus global buyers seeking IT service firms, managed service providers, Microsoft service providers, software as a service platforms, and channel partners with Microsoft, Oracle, ServiceNow, and, and, and the Salesforce space. If you have an IT-enabled business, you're ready to sell, I want you to visit the IT exchangenet.com slash marketplace how to exit that link will be in the show notes visit them now